And that is the middle school class in the back and the high school class right up front. I want you to find Revelation chapter number three. verse number 7 it says that to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things saith he that is holy that is true he that hath the key of David he that opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens I know your word Behold, I have set before you an open door. And no man can shut it. For you have a little strength and have kept my word and has not denied my name. Amen. 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 I, I just want to talk to you on our little time that we have. Oh, God has a door. For you. Amen. Amen. He really does. I believe this is your year to walk in it. God has a door just for you. Lord, we bless you. We honor you for your goodness. Lord, we just ask for you to touch our hearts tonight, touch our minds. May we be sensitive to you, your spirit, your word in our life. We're going to thank you for all that you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. He said, I know your words. I know your words. Well, but before I get there, can you go back to the verse right before that? Yeah. He that opened, he's given you a key. And he that opens, I want you to understand the power of this. You gotta understand, I'm just gonna talk to you tonight. Talk uh, He that opens a door, no man can shut the door. He that shuts a door, nobody's gonna be able to open that door. You know what, what that lets me know right at the beginning? What God has for me is for me. And what God has for you is for you. Right. And nobody can do anything about it. Yeah. Sometimes we as people have to stop worrying about other people taking what God has given us. Yes. Nobody can take what God has given you. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I hope this encourages you right now. If somebody has taken something from you, then it wasn't God who gave it to you. That's good. That's good. Because nobody can take what God has given. Nobody can close a door when God has opened it. And nobody can shut a door when God has opened it. Nobody can. It's impossible. And, and so I want to encourage you tonight by saying many of you need to stop walking in fear. Yes. Yes. Need to stop living in worry. Yes. 
Because, well, this happened to me two, three years ago. And I don't want the same thing happening to me right now. Yeah, Listen, right. if something was taken from you, then God didn't give it. That's yeah. right. That's right. Amen. 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 Now I want you to watch this. The next verse says this. In verse 8. I know your words. And he's saying that as a good thing. I know your words. And because I know, I know you, and I know what you're doing, God says, I have set before you an open door. Amen. The door is open. Amen. And no one can shut it. Mm -hmm. yes. For you have a little strength. Now, he's talk, not talking here about the strength in the spirit. He is talking about the strength in your flesh. In other words, he says, you have gone through some things. But you still got some strength about you. Yes. Amen. You, you, you have had your ups and you've had your downs, your mountains and your valleys. And through all of the trials and through all of the testings, you still have some strength about yourself. So he said, you have a little bit of strength and you kept my word. Amen. You kept my word and you have not denied my name. Yes. Now, I looked up what this phrase meant, you have not denied my name. I said, I've got to really figure this out, what the original context was, and, and what God was really saying about you haven't denied my name. Like, I haven't denied Jesus, I haven't denied God, and, and, and I was shocked when I studied it, because here's what it means. You did not tell me no. Mm. Wow. You kept my word. And you didn't tell me no. Good teaching. Now I want you to watch this. God said, I have set before you a door that is wide open. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to worry about who can shut it. Mm -hmm. Nobody can shut it. I've already told you that. And here's why I have this door open for you. Because weeping endures for a night. Yeah. But joy comes in the morning. And you went through your night season. And you still got strength about yourself. Mm -hmm. You're still getting yourself up. Yes. You're still quoting the word of God. Yes. You're still confessing the word of God. Yes. You kept my word. And you didn't tell me no when I asked you something. Yes, sir. When I asked you, you said yes. Now watch this. He said, because of that, I have set before you a door that's wide open. Now, I had to understand, what do you mean by doors? And here's what doors mean. Doors mean opportunity. Amen. Mm -hmm. Good, that's good. I have set before you an open opportunity. That's good. So. And when I was reading that at the end of last year, I said, man, I've got to preach that on a Wednesday night. Because God does not seize opportunities. He creates them. He creates the opportunity, and I have to seize it. Matter of fact, the majority of all of our obedience produces 
opportunities. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not careful, my past pain, my past hurts, my fear, my timidity, will cause me not to walk through a door wow. that God opened for me. Just this last year, many of us have had many open opportunities. Mm -hmm. And we did not walk through them. Now, what is that? That's God mm -hmm. opening up a door for us to walk through. Yeah. Your blessing, what was this? It would be absolutely incredible if God would just open up heaven. And rain down a thousand dollars. Right? Right? But God doesn't work that way. How do I know that? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men. Shall men give to your bosom. So what's this? So when I obey God in whatever capacity God has asked me to obey him, God doesn't rain money down from heaven. God gives me opportunity. And it's up to me to walk through the door of opportunity. Many of us are like, and I'm sure you've heard this story. Many of us are like that guy in that town who heard that the flood was coming. Yeah. And when the flood was coming, he said, God's got me. I ain't worried. God's going to save me. So the rains came. And so the rains got about ankle high and the police came by the house, knocked on the door and said, listen, it's about the flood. You got to get out of here. And the man said, I ain't worried about it. I'm staying right here. God's going to save me. Mm -hmm. And the police officer said, man, you're crazy. I'm leaving here. And so he waited a few more hours. And, and, and the floodwaters rose up to around the door. And a boat came by and yelled in, hey, man, come get in the boat. And the, and the man yelled back, I ain't going nowhere. This is my house and God's going to save me. Mm -hmm. Right. And the guy on the boat said, man, you're crazy. And so a few hours later, the flood was above the ceiling. So the man climbed up top of the roof. And a helicopter came by. And uh, the helicopter lowered down the ladder and said, hey, man, climb up. And he said, no, I ain't worried about that ladder. God's going to save me. I have faith. Right. Two hours later, the man drowned. That's right. The man walks into heaven, looks at God. And says, God, I trusted you. Why didn't you save me? I told everybody you were going to save me. God said, what did you want? I sent a policeman. I sent a boat. Yes, sir. And I sent a helicopter. Tell story. Tell story. And you told them all no. <laughs> God says, because you have obeyed me, because you have kept my word, because you said yes and you haven't told me no, I have put the open doors for you. Doors of opportunity for all of us to walk through. Matter of fact, that's what 
opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out a blessing. In Malachi chapter 3, that's what it means. It does not mean that I'm just going to mysteriously receive a check in the mail. It means God's going to give me an opportunity. God's going to give me an idea to walk through. That's right. You see, if I really believe God has a door open for me, then I should start preparing now for what's inside the door. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. My daddy used to, I used to say it this way. My daddy used to say it this way. Boy, dress like you're going somewhere, not where you're at. Right. Well, that's good. good. That's good. That's right. Amen. Amen. If you really believe this is your year, then you're going to start preparing now. Noah, if you really believe the flood's coming and you heard God's voice, then start building an ark now. Because it's going to be too late when the opportunity presents itself for you to get ready. You can't build no ark in one day. So go ahead and start preparing now for what God has told you. Watch this, and maybe the reason, oh, maybe the reason that the opportunity hasn't slapped me in the face yet, even though I feel it on the inside, is because I have not prepared myself for it. So if the opportunity showed up, I can't walk in it because I end up messing up the opportunity. That's right. Talk, talk. See, I'm too busy. Sometimes I can be so Selfish and self-thinking that I think that God's going to cater everything to me. That's right. When in all reality, God oftentimes wants me to start changing and catering things to where he's taking me. Good. Yeah, talk, talk. Proverbs 24, verse number 27. Says this, prepare your work without. So, so here's what he says. Prepare your work outside the house. Mm-hmm. Make it fit for yourself in the field. Right, right. And afterwards, then build the house. Ooh, that's good. That's good. So you gotta prepare first. And you gotta make sure you have what it takes to build it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's good. Yeah. And whatever you don't have. You got to then work on it. I was serving in the church and asked the pastor one time. I said, man, I'm doing everything I can. I said, man, but I'm tired of preaching to people and going home all by myself. Man, I'm ready for God to send me a wife. And he looked right at me and he said, this dog is true. Him and my dad were, <laughs> I just remember that conversation. We were in Ruby Tuesdays right here on Western Boulevard. And him and my dad were sitting right across the table from me. And my dad spoke up. Now this guy tried to be all nice. And he said, you're wanting to get married. He said, but John, I'm going to tell you, you're, you're too broken hearted for God to send you somebody. And you got you to need to seek God about God healing your heart. 
Because if God sends you somebody, you're going to just bleed all over them. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, well, that's good. And then my dad looked at me <laughs> and goes, and besides all that, <laughs> he said, besides all that, you ain't even got no money to go get no rent. <laughs> hey, come to it. Keep it real. That's all right. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> You're sorry. <laughs> and so what, what, what did I begin to do? What I began to do was I began to pray and I began to study and I began to ask God to heal me. And I began to, I began to forgive. And I began to move forward. Amen. And I began to save money. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's honest truth. And so it was on my birthday. And uh, I was actually on my way to Wilmington to go pray for someone who was in the hospital. And on my birthday, and I get this phone call, and I got all these girls singing happy birthday to me on the phone. And uh, so they said, hey, why don't you come meet us and have dinner? And I said, no, nah, I'm good. Can't do all that. And all of a sudden, the guy, y'all know the guy I was with, most of you, his name is Harold. He approached the worship leader. Harold said, man, you crazy, man. We gonna go. <laughs> and so we went and prayed. Came back all the way up here. And me and my wife started there. Oh, it didn't wow. happen. It didn't happen. Until God had killed. And I saw God. And it didn't happen. Until I had enough in the bank. <laughs> Put a ring on it. Being honest. Amen. Amen. But but I want I want I want I want you to hear something. So my wife had been hurt in church. And so my wife wasn't living for God at the time. Wasn't living for God. She had been hurt. And and so when we started dating, my wife wasn't good serving God or anything. And I felt like this was the door God had opened. I mean, I've been praying for this woman for five years. True story. I mean, she told me, no. Men, I'm trying to tell y'all, her sisters is key. I feel she invented every way you can tell a guy no. I mean, how can you tell this no? And so I was finally started dating her, all that. And then finally, one day, I just had it. I was I was leaving for Charlotte to go preach a revival, and I was going to go preach. And the Lord just simply said to me, "You want to take a stand?" And I never forget, I went to that apartment and I looked at her and I said, let me tell you something. I need somebody who's going to serve God with me. I can't, I can't, I can't be a preacher and you not serve Jesus. That's good. 
And boy, I was told a thing that day. <laughs> when you found me, I wasn't. And I heard the door slam. And I heard her tapu tires squilling out of Ashley Park apartment. And I thought to myself, oh, Lord Jesus, I just let the opportunity go. And I sat back there and said, well, I don't know. That might not have been God. <laughs> now, I want you, I'm going somewhere, so I want you to stay with me for a second. Five minutes later, I hear the door open. <laughs> she walked right in and looked at me and said, Bless me, Jim. Amen. Wow. God's keys open God's door. God, how do I know it's the door open? That is from God. Because God's keys open God's door. If I get it without operating in the keys of God, it's not the door of God. This key opens my car. It don't open yours. This key opens my house, not yours. Amen. That's my door. Right. So my key opens my door. Amen. Come on. Okay. Amen. The devil's key. Don't open God's door. Amen. Oh, Lord. I'm trying to help you so you're not confused at what door is being opened. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we're so busy and we can get so desperate that we settle for Ishmael. Right. When God has an Isaac for him. Hey, man. Good. Good. God told Abraham, I'm going to give you a child. And Abraham believed it, but Abraham got impatient. So Abraham said, Well, technically, Hagar is my property anyway, since she's my slave, so I can sleep with her, have a child with her. That's my child, and that's God's promise. And God said, I don't need you figuring out my teeth. I just need you doing what I said. So he had Ishmael, but God said, that's not it. I said, I'd give you a child with Sarah. That's right. And Sarah produced Isaac. And many of you help. Many of you have no clue what you even watching last night on the TV. Because even last night on the TV, when people are shooting missiles mm-hmm. at U.S. bases, mm-hmm. you don't even realize that goes all the way back yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. with Abraham yeah. 
And it's going to be a whole lot more beneficial to you if you'll just wait on God to bring you your Isaac. Whatever Isaac that is. Then to be beating doors down. You don't have to beat no door down, not when you got the key. Yes, I'm trying to help you right now because God's given you some keys. He's given you the key of praise. He's given you the key of giving. He's given you the key of love. He's given you the key of friendship. He has given you the keys to open up doors in your life. You already got the keys. Matthew chapter number 16 says this. I know I'm ahead of myself and I'm going to just move on and be done. Matthew 16 says, and I say unto you, thou art called Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys, the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Here's what God said. I will give you the keys of heaven. You got the keys. And whatever you lock in heaven, I'll lock it in earth. Yes, sir. But whatever you unlock in heaven, I'll unlock it in the other earth. If you unlock love in heaven, I'll rain love down in your life. If you lock, if you unlock the blessings of God, I'll rain down the blessings of God. It's up to you. Whatever you unlock, that's the opportunity I'm going to let you walk through. Amen. Procrastination. Lord, procrastination has stopped you in 2019 from walking through the opportunities God has presented. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. God promises. Watch this. God promises to open the door. He, he said he'll close the door. Watch this. But he never told you when. And there could be sometimes God presents an opportunity that a month later that opportunity is no longer available. First Corinthians 16 verse number 9. For a great door and effectual is open unto me. And there are many adversaries. Yes. Wow. How do you know it's the door God is opening for me? Because there's going to be many adversaries at the door. The moment you start preparing for what's inside the room of a door that hasn't even opened yet. You won't get adversaries. So I'm trying to help you right now. I'm I'm going somewhere, so stay with me for 30 minutes and we'll be done. But I'm trying to help you to understand. That's how you know. Satan ain't going to fight you with his own door. Matter of fact, Satan wants you to walk through his door. Satan's door looks easy. Satan's door looks fun. Satan's door looks like, wow, man, this is going to be a good time. That's right. And now here you got that other door 
Watch this, and you keep on, and, and you, I say, when I say you, I mean we all, we keep on saying, well, this must not be God because I, I, th th this door wouldn't be, it wouldn't be so hard for me to walk through. Mm -hmm. Really? For a great door, an effectual door is open to me, and there are many adversaries. Can I prove it to you? Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, and I'll be, I'm going to get out of your way. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight out of the water. Woo! And lo, the heavens opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Right. So here God opens up heaven and acknowledges who Jesus is in the earth. Now I want you to watch this. So that was the last verse in chapter 3. The first verse in chapter 4 says this. It's a continuation. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the <laughs> Jesus was 30 years old. Not one time in his 30 years does the Bible ever record the devil after Jesus. Except for the time he was born with Herod. Up until then, there is no record of the devil messing with Jesus. It wasn't until God opened a door and told the whole world who Jesus was. Now all of a sudden, here comes the devil. That's good. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if you be the son of God, what did God just call him three verses before? God just told the whole world, this is my son, and I am well pleased. And then here comes the devil showing up three verses later and says, well, if you are the son of God, command these stones to be made bread." Because when doors open to you, it's because you obey the word and you say yes to it. And he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Do you know why I know you've had many doors open to you? Because you've had the devil. Trying to keep you out. Wow. That's good. I don't know who I came to preach to tonight. But some of you got to quit allowing the devil to keep you out of where God's opened up. That's wow. right. That's good. And if I was the devil, and I didn't want you to walk through that door. I'd probably stand in front of it and fight you off. Mm -hmm. 
One more verse. So that's why. Now I want you to watch this. It's 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want you to watch this. I'm just teaching. I'm going to preach this about the door next week. I just had to lay the foundation tonight. Watch what Paul says to Timothy. Timothy is his mentee. Paul is his mentor. Paul is going to finish the work of Timothy. Timothy is going to finish the work of Paul. And Paul says, watch this now. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God. Yes. Which is in you by the putting on of my hand. Yes. Does that, shouldn't that excite you? Yes. He said, I put you in remembrance that you'll stir up the gift. You're going to carry on the gospel. You're going to carry on the ministry. You're going to see miracles. You're going to see doors open up for you. God's going to clear paths for you. You stir up the gift of God that is in you. And it's going to come when I lay my hands upon you. That should excite you. That God, that, that Paul is saying, there's going to be a fire that's going to be started in your life. Now watch this. He goes right from that into... For God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's right. That's right. Hold up. Whoa. You go right from God's about to use me. God's about to bless me. There's a fire that's about to be started. I'm going to carry on the work of God in my life. Power's coming into my life. And I am pumped up about it. And you, the very next verse, not three later, not five later, not two later. The very next verse is for God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. That's right. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I said, I got to find out what this verse. Oh, gosh. Can I have one minute? Paul said, I, gotta, I said, I got to find out what this word fear here means. And this word fear means timid. Paul said, I want you to stroke the gift of God. And then he finishes it by saying, but God has not given you a spirit of timidity. said I got to find out what the word timidity means. And so I looked up today what timidity meant. And it comes from the word in timidation. That when I get intimidated I'm too afraid to try. Good. Have any of you ever played sports? If you've ever played a sport, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've played a sport. Here's what you know if you've played a sport. 
that if you're not careful, if you get intimidated by the other team, it gets so much in your head that you never do your best. That's right. That's good. Oftentimes, watch this. It's not the devil who puts himself at our doors. It's the devil reminding us of the failures we've already had. That's good, Pat. That's good of the mistakes we made. And I can get so intimidated that I don't even walk through a door I believe to open for me. I spent six months believing that the door is going to open. And when God finally opened the door, it didn't look like exactly what I thought it was going to look like. And I get intimidated by saying, I don't know if I have what it takes to walk through that door. Wow. There's the unknown. the next six months I'm going to say God opened me up another door <clears throat> and then six months later here's the door I, I I got to change water yeah. I got to do what? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know if I do that. Yeah. And God said, "Hey, I want you to stir up this gift I put in you. I want you to stir it up, but I don't want you to walk in intimidation any longer." It's more than just a cliche. It's the word of God. Yeah. If he's for you, who can be against you? It's more than a cliche. It's more than something cute to share on social media. It is the almighty word of God that no weapon formed against you can prosper. And I don't care where you've been, I don't care how many failures you had, I'm telling you again, try it again. In closing, I just want to say this. I opened up this little business right down the street, don't matter which one, about a decade ago. And I went to my daddy and I said, Dad, I'm opening up this business. 
and I want you to pray for me. He said, I'm glad you're doing it. I said, yeah, I'm a little scared. He said, what? I said, I'm a little scared. He said, what are you afraid of? I said, I'm afraid I'm going to fail. And I'm a pastor. So if I'm leading people and I'm trying something and I fail, what is that going to say to everybody else? And here's what he said to me. So what if you fail? Do you know what you're going to do if you fail? I said, I'm sure you're going to tell me. <laughs> he said, you're going to try it again. Yes. And you know what you're going to do if you fail that time? You're going to try again. And you know what you're going to do if you fail that time? You're going to try again. And you're going to keep on trying until you walk through the right door. Amen. I just stopped by tonight to tell you, let me tell you, some of you went through heartbreak for a long time. This last decade, probably for many people, has had more lows than it has highs. And you've had failures, and you've had mishaps, and you've had heartbreaks. Let me tell you something. You're still here tonight. You've stayed faithful. You've stayed dedicated to God. You've stayed passionate for Him. Don't let what you've been through stop you from moving forward. Walk through the door when God opens it. And until He opens it, prepare. Prepare like you will walk through it. Before I ever pastored a church, I stood on open ground right here with nothing but the sky and people blowing the horn thinking I was crazy. Standing here preaching to grass. Yes. I was preparing. Preparing. Take this time to prepare. And when God opens the door, you don't have to question. And you don't have to feel intimidated. Because anyone who's prepared never will feel intimidated about an enemy. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room today, and you know, you know where God's taking you. You just sense it. Come on. You know. As your head's bowed and eyes closed, let me just go ahead and tell you, when the year 2000 struck, I was broke, busted, and disgusted. Single, lonely, depressed. By 2003, I was married. One home. In 2004, had my first child. In June of 2004, I had $64,000 in the bank and was broke, busted, and disgusted 
four years earlier. Prepare. Prepare. Amen. If you know that God's got something big planned for you. If you know God's got something big planned for you. I want you to raise your hand. That, there's no catch to it at all. I know God's got something big planned for my life. I sense it. I want you to raise your hand. I know God's got something planned for me. Now I want you to put all your hands down. Now I wonder how many of you who did raise your hand will say, Pastor John, I want to do my part and prepare. I want to prepare for what? If I really believe God is planning it, I want to prepare for it. If that's you, raise your hand and say, I want to start preparing for it. I want to start preparing for it. Father, bless your people. Anoint your people. Prepare your people. still ahead of us. We know, Lord, that somewhere this year, the door of opportunity is going to open up. May we prepare now so we can walk through that door. We don't miss that door. But we walk through that door with no timidity, with no intimidation. Because we trusted you enough to prepare in advance. We bless you, Jesus. Amen. I want you to just look at me real quick. And we're going to get out of here. Around that same time frame, a little after 2000. My dad gets invited to the White House with George W. Bush. And he calls me up on the phone one day and he says, you want to go to the White House with me? Yeah, let me check my calendar. <laughs> so Jerry, I went to the White House to meet George W. Bush. And, uh, and before I ever get there, Jerry, you know that they sent me this long list of like, this is what you got to wear. This is how you got to address it. This is how you shake his hand. This is what you do the moment he passes you. I mean, this is long itinerary. And so I, told, I called my dad up on the phone and I said, hey dad, I'm a grown man. <laughs> and I am who I am. And if I'm gonna go to this White House, I'm going to dress what I want to dress like. I'm going to say whatever I want to say. And you know what he said? You ain't going with me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you ain't going with me. 
I said, why not? He said, because both of us won't ever get to go to Italy. He was like, because if you want this opportunity, you've got to do what the opportunity calls for. And I just want to tell some of us, some of us are keeping it so real, we've kept, been kept out of real opportunities. Boy, good preaching. If I could meet with all of the men for one and a half minutes, right down front, I'd greatly appreciate it. God bless you all. I hope to see you.